everyone. My name is Ellen. And my name is Alyssa. And we are so excited to be sharing our interview about all things repertoire with coach and pianist, Dr. Patricia Au this week. Patricia is not only my coach, but also one of my friends. And I absolutely loved being able to sit down with her. When it comes to putting your best foot forward in any audition or gig, it all comes back to how you prepare. From picking out your package and what is going to highlight your voice the best, to how to prepare for a role and how to navigate coaching during COVID, join us in this conversation. We hope you enjoy. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss out on an episode. If you hear any notes or links being given, they will all be down in the links below. We'll see you next week. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Patricia. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone and what you do? Hello, everybody. I am Patricia Ao. I go with the She, Her, Her series. I am a collaborative pianist, vocal coach, uh, teaching artist, um, piano teacher, freelance coach. I kind of try to do it all, but uh, <laughs> I am a pianist, above all, who loves to work with singers. You are my coach, obviously. That is why I brought you on here. But, so I really want to talk about how you prepare artists, like from picking their rep, working their rep, working on roles, and beyond. What are your favorite things about really preparing artists to go into an audition, to put their best mm -hmm. foot forward? I think that's the, that's the main part, is that it, how do we bring a singer... Uh, and get them so prepared that they are confident in their audition. And um, it's a little bit of just, you know, confidence building. It's a little bit of role preparation, knowing what to expect in, on an audition and um, what really um, shows the best out of their voice and um, the characters that they are portraying. I think that's the really the most important thing is to really show um, their best potential in an audition or rather interview or anything really. So with auditions comes mm -hmm. the dreaded five aria package. And I know that yeah. you have some very specific thoughts about the five. Do you want to share a couple? Of sure. Them? You know, I, I was thinking about that when you were saying that I, it's, I really like to think that they're not dreaded because it's like you were really showing the best of oneself, right? So I was talking to a student um, the other day and she was asking about like, what is an audition package? She wasn't really sure. And, and essentially I said, you're really giving uh, an audition on an audition panel kind of a showcase of your five or seven or how many pieces that you want to bring some of the best things that you can present at that time or uh, the day of the audition. So um, it's, I think, I think it is dreaded in the sense of like, oh, I have to like get all these five audition um, arias at the same level, but it should be pieces that you really love to sing and that really showcases the best of your voice and, and who you are. I know that we've talked a little bit about having kind of a flexible package. So maybe definitely having, like you were saying seven or eight, especially if there's crossover and stuff. Yes, How would absolutely. you uh, start 
building that flexibility, what kind of things should people mm-hmm. have like on the back burner? Like I know that there's musical theater, but what else? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be really important um, to start talking to your favorite pianist, your favorite coach, the teacher that you um, you trust and kind of like your board of directors with all the people that you really trust and ask them um, what kind of arias and what kind of songs and what kind of oratorio arias that fit your voice right now and that you can audition with within the next few months and also pieces that you think are your stretch pieces so i think in that sense that should be kind of a repertoire at least of seven to ten pieces that you are kind of circling or cycling through so um there's always your uh your mozart arias whatever you think that are um, that fit your voice really well right now. And of course, these are, um, the work that I do is mainly uh, classical and opera based. So um, the conversations that we're having right now is uh, mainly opera focused. Um, so you've got your, uh, your Mozart arias, maybe you have, um, so then maybe that's like one or two. Um, and within that, maybe like a Handel or Baroque aria, that shows kind of your interpretation of the Baroque period, um, whether if it's a decapo aria and with, with ornamentation or whatever. Um, you've got uh, kind of a few within kind of the main classical era and romantic era and early 20th century. That's already five arias. And then certainly I, I have um, encouraged a lot of singers right now to pull um and to research for a few arias or one aria that has been written within the last 20 years so uh, music that is of uh of our time and of our contemporary time um some people might consider that modern music but um it's really music of our time really anything that was written um from 2000 to 2021 and then uh kind of a showpiece, like a piece that you just love to sing that you can just like wake up out of your bed still in PJs without even warming up and just um, sing. And, and that could be an, a musical theater, that could be uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, and then if you are uh, auditioning for programs that have like a really strong community outreach component, uh, I would certainly bring something that you think that you can just sing without just with just having a lot of fun with that piece and so that could be again like a, a golden age aria or or again like a musical theater piece like um uh girl in 14g or something <laughs> yeah something I feel like, like that you're which is something i know that you've you know. coached me on. yeah that's right yeah so but it's really if we just talked about that just just grabbing like two from each kind of period or area of expertise um, or uh, area of of um, composition that's that's already eight to ten arias right so by all means um, I think that a lot of people really get stuck within the five arias and I think really expand um, your sphere into at least 10 because Mm. there are going to be days that you're like nope I do not want to (laughs) sing that particular aria however there's something that's similar to that and I know I can do that today really 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 well 
So you're just cycling through, but really expanding your sphere at the same time. Are you looking for workbooks and worksheets to help advance your career? From our branding workshop to our 90-day goal-slaying planner and our Learn Your Music the Right Way workshop, the Modern Singer Shop has everything you need to take your career to the next level. And don't forget about our merch to show off your love for opera. From sweatshirts to mugs, stickers to tees and tanks, there are so many ways to show the world that you're a singer and you're proud of it. We have so many different singer-specific lines, there's something there for everyone. My favorite is our Toy 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 line. I have our crew neck sweatshirt in that crisp white. The other day I was at the farmer's market and a lady asked me about it and I got to teach her what Toy 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 meant. It's so fun and such a great way to rep opera and even teach people a little bit about it. I absolutely love getting to design these for everyone. I always get all sorts of different ideas from other singers and things that they want to show off and rep and it's just my favorite thing and a really great conversation starter for me. Shop today at www.modern-singer.com. That's modern-singer.com. Get your new favorites today. Let's talk about rep and how to pick rep. Yeah. So, it's really difficult, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All of the time that we have on our hands right now mm-hmm. is be very overwhelming when mm-hmm. I'm over here going, I'm a soprano. Yes. But... I can't. There's a lot of different sopranos too. Exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what do you think is the first kind of couple of steps? Where you start? Yeah. Finding new rep. Well, I really am so grateful that a, a student actually asked me these questions last week. She was, she's a senior um, about to be graduating and she was like, I don't know where to go from here. Um, she is taking, um, uh she did do some auditions and she's waiting back and and I said to her like look you know use the last few lessons of your senior year and talk to your teacher and talk to your coach um which she is, has a an assigned coach for her senior year and talk to them and ask them like what kind of arias fit my voice these are your people these are your people that are part of your board of directors and people that you trust that know your voice really, really, really well. So at that point, I just said to her, like, take down notes, take down what your, your teacher um, suggests and listen and listen to a lot of recordings and listen to a lot of albums and go from there and, uh, and try it out with your voice. See, take a look at the, the um, aria books and sing through some of the stuff and sight read through all this stuff. Um, my other suggestion to the student I was talking to is that listen to a lot of singers that you like and that you think, this is the really important part, that you think that your voice is similar to. So for example, I'm going to ask you what, what kind of singers do you think that uh, you, your voice type is similar to? Yeah, so I'm a coloratura soprano. So mm-hmm. I listen to Deanna Demrow. I listen mm-hmm. to uh, Deanna Braywick. Yes. I go Great. back. I listen to Dame Sutherland because how could mm-hmm. you not? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadine Sierra. That's right. Yes, that's right. And I love that you said sometimes because, you know, all four of the singers that you had mentioned are similar, but yet very, very different. Mm -hmm. And so what I suggested to this singer was that listen to all the recordings and look at all their websites and see what kind of roles they have sung within the last 
10 years and pull out specific arias and, and try singing it and see if it fits your voice. There are going to be arias that are, or there are going to be repertoire that fits you right now, but there's also going to be arias that are going to be stretch arias uh, and stretch repertoire that you can probably sing, maybe not today or the next few months, but certainly something that you can sing within two, three, four, or 10 years. And so you're really kind of building and a kind of a repertoire binder, a repertoire book uh, of full of just different repertoire. And if it's pieces that you're like, ooh, I really want to sing this, but maybe it's going to be a little too hard that I, I don't know if I can like make it through the entire aria, but there are bits of it that I can certainly sing through. You can pull little exercises out from those stretch arias and um, create vocalese exercises that will help you get to a um, kind of, it will help you build your skill and your technical skill for those stretch arias that you know that you want to sing maybe uh, two, three, four years later. So for example, if you are a, a, a colored, like a baby colored tour soprano, and there's one, um, you are just like dying to sing one of the Queen of the Night arias, but you can't sing that high F. And that's totally fine. Um, by all means, I don't know if maybe that's something that you are striving for, and maybe that's an aria that you know that you can't sing today, but there are specific parts that you have the agility to sing through some of the parts. Well, what I would suggest is that take some of the, the little snippets, um, the little color to passages, and don't sing them in the, in the, in the original tessitura that's in the music. Bring it down the octave. And oh, then maybe bring it down the octave. Bring it down the octave <laughs> or bring it like down a fifth, like transpose it down a fifth. And then kind of start going um, half a step down, transpose it half a step down, transpose it half a step up from down a fifth. So like a tritone. But <laughs> what you can do, you're gonna start to feel like, yes, you're gonna be starting to work on parts that you can do really well, but you're also expanding that exercise as a vocalese that you're working really in your middle range, your passaggio, and then as you can, as you are building your comfort levels within that passage, then you can start getting up there. And maybe within, as the more you practice it, the more you're gonna feel comfortable and then you're gonna expand your tessitura within that range. I also want to talk to you about learning a new role and looking for a new role to find. So yeah. I know that one of the most important things is vocal health, being able to sing the full role. Absolutely. But how, how would you go about guiding maybe a younger singer mm -hmm. who is looking to learn a new role and maybe yep. they're a baby baritone and they're like, I'm going to sing the count from notes A. Sure. How would you go about telling them maybe this, maybe that, yeah, uh -huh. maybe this role will serve you better to learn as prep? I think, again, figure out who your um, support system is, who your board of directors, talk to them and see, like, take their advice and be like, yeah, you're totally ready for this, or you're almost ready for this, or 
think about this in 10 years. That's, I, that's my first thing is to figure out um, whether if you're ready and say if you are ready or if it's a bit of a stretch, I always go straight to the text. Always go straight to the text. Learn the text first. I say that with my freshman singers. Um, I say this with my high school singers that I worked with at Boston University Tanglewood Institute. I say this with my emerging artists that, you know, are, that are in between um, college and professionalism. Um, it's really important to go with text first. Get that diction. Know how to know how the text works within the role. Why is why do they talk like that? Really understand that character. I know that's not the fun part, but it needs <laughs> to be the fun part, right? Like really understanding the text and who that character is. If it's recit, if there's a lot of recit, like in Mozart, like the De Ponte um, operas go with it. Start with saying the text before even singing it. It's really peeling the layers, going straight to the text first, because in most of these situations, the text came first. So if you can get that text in your mouth, then starting to add the notes and the pitches is going to be a lot easier. I think if you're like, yeah, I got the text now, like, I, I really understand the text. I really understand how the character goes. Start with understanding the arias. I think um, start with the baby arias within, within, within um, a role. So if you're singing Susanna and you're like, oh, yeah, I think I'm ready to learn Susanna, which is really, really tough. And it's a really <laughs> long opera. Susanna from Le Nozze di Figaro. One of the things is like, start with the, the, the baby arias. Yes, you've got Umoto di Gioia. Sometimes that's added in, mm -hmm. but that is definitely an aria that you can start learning if you're like a baby Susanna. And again, recit. And also learn the duets. Learn the trios. Maybe those are going to be a lot easier than delving into De Vieni Non Tarda. So there is so much to do within an opera that it's not just aria-based. It's not solo aria-based. Really get to know the, the character through how they interact with other people within, within the show. Yeah, it's always... A show is a group effort. Yes, absolutely. It's very collaborative. Absolutely. Um, and so, yes, in your auditions, they are, there are the solo aspect of it. But when you win that audition, it's everything else. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the practice room. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the practice room. <laughs> Sounds great. Yes, absolutely. So what, what kind of things rep-wise should people be bringing into the practice room with them? I think, I mean, to build confidence, I always want to bring something that I love to, like, I always suggest to singer, like, let's warm up with something that you just love to sing, right? Like, you just want to feel good in the practice mm -hmm. room. So, like, let's just start off with something that you love, and you're like, okay, I feel really good about this. I don't need a lot of, like, fixing up on it. I just 
want to set yours. Like I want to set myself up on a good path. Mm-hmm. So start off with something that you love. I think start off and then like have things that like you think you want to work, like uh, slowly work on. I think a lot of slow practice is really good. Even if it's like patter, a lot of like, um, vowel practice, in other words, like learning to just sing on vowels, learning to sing on one vowel is always really good too. I think it really depends. I um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I I, I also think that having a practice journal is really important. I have mm-hmm. um, suggested singers to have a practice journal, in the sense of like, do I like having a book? it could be like a a guided practice journal or it could be just even like a notebook, whatever you prefer. There are guided practice journals that you can get at Amazon. And if you're like, nope, I am pretty guided myself. Just having a practice journal, like maybe a page each day, just writing down like, okay, practiced for five minutes. Felt really awesome. Um, Or I practiced for 25 minutes. It really sucked. Um, I started with this or practiced uh, this particular aria. Felt really great. Tomorrow, I don't think I need to practice that. Okay. So I think having a practice journal, just writing down quick notes and just writing down, like, I did this, I did this, I did this, but didn't feel good about this. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, I know I need to practice this, this, and this. It's just a better sense of um, time management at the same time, because we don't have a lot of time these days, even though like we have, (laughs) like we are in a pandemic, still in a pandemic, you know, we have other things that we have to do. So to me, I always find that time is of our, of the essence. And so, Mm -hmm. um, we want to be really practical with our, our scheduling. So yes to a warm up, And if you have like limited time, I think just in the morning, doing lip trills, using a straw, doing long tones, just to get your body warmed up is really important. And then if you have more time in the afternoon or in the evening, just like maybe if it's only 15 minutes time or if you only have 20 minutes, work on specific goals. Like every day, maybe it's like, I want to work on this recit or I want to work on this trill Um, or I want to make sure that I can sing through this aria two times in a row. So I know that when I'm in the, in the audition, I have the endurance to sing through two arias. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good Mm. step. So what do you do if a singer comes into you and says, oh, this role is too small, this aria is too small, Mm -hmm. and they just, they're feeling really defeated about it? Right. Yeah. Um, it sucks because, you know, you're competing. It feels like you're competing with all your colleagues at school or, or your friends that are at a specific program or whatever. You know, voice types are very different in very different capacities and also in very different environments. And so no matter what size that role is, I think you can learn a lot I think there's a lot of character, uh, if it's character-driven role, like Babarina is a very, very small role, but it's very character-driven. And there's a lot of little uh, snippets that um, one can learn from that character in itself. You also have to remember that um, no role is ever too small because uh, you can be singing it in the comforts of your own room 
You can be singing it in the comforts in a small venue, or you can be singing it in a very large venue. So really singing a barbarina, barbarina in like in the comforts of your own room may feel very small. And you may feel that that role is very small, but if you had, you were given that role in a large capacity venue, say like a 3,000 seat venue or 4,000 seat venue, it's not going to feel very small at that, at, at that moment, is it? Mm-mm. So um, <laughs> in the end, I personally don't think that any role is too small. You can really learn from like, okay, I can learn this in a small Zoom screen. I can learn this for a small Zoom screen, but I could also learn it and really get my tech down and my character driven um, role in a very large space. So small is really a, I think a personal, it is, it is based on one's perspective about what small is. Mm -hmm. We are in a very digital age right now. Definitely. But there are still auditions happening and there are still live virtual auditions happening. And that's awesome. I think that's so great. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. But how, how do you prep for that? Like that's not something we've ever deal with before. There's a lot of things you can certainly prep oneself for a digital audition. Um, I have to admit, I have not played a digital audition yet <laughs> because um, it's digital. So uh, but I have prepared a lot of different um, keyboard and piano tracks for singers. There are two different ways in creating a piano track um, as a pianist. For me, everybody's a bit different, just for myself. Um, I have uh, just pressed record and I've just played it. Um, But I've currently, what I've done right now is I have an electric keyboard that's connected behind me right now. And it's connected to my computer that's connected. Or when I turn on GarageBand, I can play into GarageBand and record it. What's so great about that is that there are places that we can stop cut and slice or splice the track. And so for example, if there are specific cadenzas that need a little bit more time for that particular singer, we can stop the track, splice it, cut it in half, and then just drag the rest of the track to the right. That's been really helpful. Um, if the singers are technically savvy enough to, to do that, I think that's worked very, very, very well. For singers, I think you need to know your um, your interpretation well enough to to show to the pianist of your choice how you want to sing this. So, for example, I have given a lot of the singers instructions like provide a PDF with well marked instructions of like your tempi and where you want to slow down just because I'm not there to really intuitively hear your voice and feel Mm -hmm. your character. I think that's often quite difficult. So I have just told singers like, okay, if you want me to create a musical track for you, totally fine. Um, Just send me a well-marked PDF of like where, like your tempies and where you want to stop and start and, and where you need to take time. I've also just told singers uh, like send me a recording, like a professional recording of like, if you've sung this before, or even a recording of somebody that you'd like to listen to. What I do is just like, before I'm about to record, I just take a listen to it, like take a quick understanding of like, 
oh yes, this is how you want to sing. Um, and that, that's helped a lot. So that's kind of like preparation in recording. Mm-hmm. Um, practicing, I think also just do a few takes of the recording and just watch it back just to mm-hmm. see like it works. I mean, you do that anyways, if it was a live or a, just a submittal anyways. I think that because we live in a digital age and um, you just never know with, with uh, Wi-Fi and connection and all that stuff and have your computer hardwired to an ethernet cable, I think always really helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, try a mock audition with your friends and just be like, who's free at five o'clock <laughs> on a Thursday evening? Who wants to go through their audition rep and try it out? So for example, what I think you can do is like, you have like five people in the same Zoom room. They go through their audition package. Their audition package is like typed out in the chat line. And then there's a mediator that's like, okay, we'd like to hear this first. And then like, they're going through five different auditions in, in the hour and people that you trust or people that you don't know or, or, or whatever. I think it's just singing and just making sure that like your techno, techno, like technology stuff is working and also that like you're singing for people still, um, even though you're inside your room is really, really helpful. Yeah. So really just staying and getting it in front of people, making sure That's that right. you're fitting in your little Zoom box. Yeah. Fitting in your little Zoom box, your little earpieces aren't really showing or like if you have like an earbud, maybe you're covering it with your hair or something. Making sure that like your sounds don't peak. That's a really big thing. Um, It sucks. It's, these are not easy times to audition. And so, um, and sometimes practice doesn't make perfect because you just never know if your computer's going to just die on you, which is the, the scariest <laughs> thing, you know, like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, so that's why, like, terrifying. and then you also want to just make sure that your lighting is right. And, um, you know, even though like your friends isn't a, a real panel, but I think the really important thing is that you're singing it in front of people. And then like that there is a perspective. Yeah. I like that. So let's say you have a singer coming into you and they give you the broad, I want to clean up my package Mm -hmm. blank statement. Okay. What, what do you start with? What's in your package? (laughs) I think that's (laughs) going to be your first few questions. Um, I think that's going to be important. I want to see what's in that package. Uh, What are they what kind of programs are they looking for? Um, is this like for a graduate level program? Is this for a pre-professional program? Is this for a summer program? Um, what specific program? So I think those are important. When they say clean up, what does cleaning up mean to them? Um, that's going to be important. Like clean up as in like, I want to learn new arias is, a, is mm-hmm. also a clean up as well. Um, or whether if it's like, I've learned this aria for like, I learned this already about like five years ago when I was like in, in my freshman year and I, I want to go back to it. Um, that is a different form of cleaning up as well. So I think it really depends on each one. I think if it's like really going back to relearning an aria, that's going to be really interesting because you have new technique and you've built new technique 
as you are now than you've had when you were in your undergrad. And so it's really understanding that singer and to understand like their new technique and then like what's a more mature version of that aria. And so we're going to need to just try to understand and um, I would give them like tips and practice tips and also like things to think about and to consider if it's a piece that they've brought back. It's just really looking at that like audition package and see if it's lopsided or if it's actually like well represented. If I know your voice pretty well and I see like if like uh, like for, for example, I know your voice pretty well mm-hmm. and I see in you are like, all right, Patricia, I really want to clean up my package. And I look at your package and there's a lot of like, like mezzo arias and like <laughs> soprano high coloratura and then maybe like a baby Wagner aria. I would be, I would come back to you and be like, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of like discretion of like what you're trying to present. And mm-hmm. so I think there would be a little bit of cleaning up in the sense of like, okay, what are you trying to, to, to audition for? What kind of characters in this um, program are your kind of uh, uh, singers? Like what are the characters that you want to sing? I think it's going to be really important for the singer to do a little bit of research and being like, okay, these are the programs that I want to audition for. They are presenting a specific opera that I really want to sing in. And I think I can do a really good job at. Then we will kind of shape that audition aria or clean up or doing a little sweeping and just to see like what kind of arias fit into your voice and for that particular season. So maybe one season is going to be different from another season, but it is then going to be the singer's responsibility in figuring out what they want to uh, portray and what, like, what kind of singer that they want to portray themselves, what kind of voice type, and also which particular programs. Because not every program is equally weighted you know there are going to be some really really large programs that are stretches and then there are some programs that you're like I think I could get in easily for that or some that are like yeah this is this is a program that I really want to do that I think that is a great fit for myself there's one thing I do want to uh, insist because we are living in the pandemic times and this is what I noticed when I have been playing in classes and working with singers um, at a school that is a hybrid school. Practice in your practice room singing in a mask and singing in mm-hmm. a mask that you really like to sing in. There are different masks right now. You've got your regular cotton masks. You also have your surgical masks, the ones that are like the blue one. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's that singer's mask that looks like a kind of people say it looks like a big duck. Yeah, like have, a little duck bill. Like Yeah, that's right. Find the mask that you like singing in because there are going to be moments, there will be moments that you might have to sing in a mask. And it sucks. Singing in a mask sucks because like it just moves up and down. And so I highly encourage that part of your practice sessions is to learn how to sing in a mask. And trying different masks out too. Absolutely. And trying masks that you like yourself, because I I did notice that during our in-person sessions, I did notice that singers were just having a really hard time the first few moments of singing in a mask. And for singers that are still in virtual land, they don't need to sing in a mask, right? Because we're comfortable 
mm-hmm. working without a mask. And so uh, when it is time for you to sing in a mask, it is a huge adjustment. So to learn how your body and how your face moves in a mask is really important. For sure. I'm just going to say like, it's, mm-hmm. it's been an interesting time as a coach and as, as a pianist, I think as a pianist, it kind of sucks to create, uh, I've had moments of myself being like, I don't want to create these recording tracks. It's just so lifeless. Mm-hmm. And it just, I am very empathetic of creating these tracks for singers because for singers to sing with a track just sucks. Yeah, I was <laughs> it's talking to a couple fun. people and we just, there's no room to play. Yeah, it, 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 it really is locked in. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's not fun. Yeah, and so it. it really does suck out the joy out of it. I think the one thing that I suggest is that work with a pianist that you really like. And if they are willing to create a track for yourself that is catered for you, um, and they're willing to do it. And I think as a responsible singer that you're willing to pay a little bit more for that catered track, I think it makes it a little bit more fun mm-hmm. on both ends and much more uh less generic more catered to showing off your best self than your best self putting your best foot forward absolutely Mm -hmm. I think as a singer it's just becomes a lot more you become more just confident of just who you are and that you can just own that space and then I think as a pianist I think that just becomes a little bit more rewarding working with somebody that just knows what they want yeah I love that and then as a coach I have actually enjoyed working with singers. <laughs> it is the strangest thing. I, I've actually enjoyed it a lot more because I can get through a lot more stuff through a Zoom, um, Zoom interface or whatever, mm-hmm. like a virtual coaching, because I can't actually see their face. And then I can talk about diction. I can see their face. I can see their lips. I can see their vowels. And then we can talk about character. It's always been kind of difficult when I'm in person. It's like, yes, I can help you with a lot of different things. I'm playing with you. We're collaborating. That's the great part. But like really being kind of doing diction work and really delving into the character for me to see face to face has been really helpful for as a coach myself. So I hope that in the future, it is a mix of both for Mm -hmm. singers because I think a lot of uh, uh, time is not wasted if I can see you in a virtual lesson or a virtual coaching, excuse me, to just kind of work through the, the diction and all that stuff. Um, so I'm trying to find kind of like the, the golden moments of mm-hmm. the pandemic. And that has been a golden moment. The fact that I've, I've actually been more succinct with my ideas because I'm able to just see the singer and I can just be like, okay, time out. Let's talk through <laughs> that section again. Let's do that one more time without me playing and just trying to look at them and also listen to them at the same time and really just focusing on that singer. And I can really like, I can really zoom in and speaking of zoom, but like mm-hmm. I can really zoom in <laughs> and see how the singer is producing those vowels, or, or if I can really see, uh, their interpretation of of that line piece or aria yeah there's always there's something positive that came out of all of this virtual stuff Mm -hmm. and time really i think this is our time to really focus in in our 
our technique and our vocalism and just even just like character. I, I know that we're not, it's been really nice in that sense, but it is hard. I, 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 I do understand that. And I, it's, I, mean, I miss seeing singers as a like one-on-one -on -one in, in, in person, you know, mm -hmm. like that visceral sense of just like feeling the vibrations of a singer. It's like, <laughs> oh, I miss it so much, but like that time will come really soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. My pleasure. So excited to get to share you with the Modern Singer community. Aww, it's been, thank you so much, Modern Singer. It's been such a pleasure and thank you for having me. And we're going to have all of your social media handles and things linked below. That's awesome. And we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you.